laying down all of our religion. What man says. Lord, we open our ears of our hearts to what you say. That we are your sons and your daughters. That you are well pleased. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For showing us what freedom looks like. For showing us what liberty. For showing us what relationship looks like. did what you saw the Father do. You spoke what you heard the Father say. You weren't told to do things by men. Every time men tried to tell you or make you fit in a box, you blew it up. We thank you for that, Lord. So we lay down our religion, our preconceived notions, ideas of what other people have told us you're like, what other people have told us and and tried to mold us to be what they want us to be. We lay those things down, Lord, and we stand as little children before you. And we lift up our arms and we say, Abba, I belong to you. Here I am. Lord, you tell us what you think of us. You tell us what you want us to do. and you guide us along the best path for our life. We will not be weighted down by man-made religion. We will not be shackled. You have made us free and we are free indeed. We love liberty. We love freedom. We love your presence. What can separate us from your love? No height, no depth, no spirit, no demon, no principality, no power on this earth can separate us from your love. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Lord, we receive your love. We receive of it. Lord, we receive what you say, that we are washed whiter than snow. That nothing can separate us from your love. We thank you, Lord, that you have called us. That you have set us apart. You have made us holy unto you. You have sanctified us. You have redeemed us. We've been bought with a price. Our lives are no longer our own. And we say thank God for that. We're free. We freely honor you. We freely worship you. We freely serve you as a bond servant because we want to. We thank you, Lord. Lord, you've given us freedom to reject you. And Lord, we're done with that. We love you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, we love you. Would you give him a shout of praise, please? Yeah! 
Clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> people are getting free right now. Oppression is leaving. Depression is leaving. Sickness and disease is leaving. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. You're the reason we're here. You're the only reason we're here. We can go listen to music anywhere. You're the reason we're here. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love our brothers and sisters, too. Thank you for my brothers and sisters, Lord. Thank you for the church. That word has been like a curse word for a lot of people for a lot of time. Thank you for cleansing the church and making her shine bright in this final day. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for refining your church. Thank you for washing your bride with the, the washing of water of the word of God. We thank you for your word, Lord. Oh, we bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Jesus. We bless you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Amen, amen, amen. Woo! Good day today. Amen. I was glad when they said, let us go to the house of the Lord. Amen. <laughs> Amen. How about anybody feeling free? Amen. I believe the Lord was doing some powerful things in that moment. I think there's some people going to leave a little bit lighter. Yeah, it's okay to have joy. Good Lord. I have a sad face in the presence of the Lord. Good Lord. I'm just taking a minute and just hope that's all right. It's going to be all right. Thank you, Lord. Well, I hope you brought your Bibles with you. I wish that was a habit that got uh, back into. I, I, and I'm okay. I know the Bible's on the phone. So if you got your phone up, I know it's all good. And I like the Bible on the phone. But I'll tell you what. There may come a day you ain't got air internet. You might want to know how to use one of these things. You might want to know how to, if you got to flip to a passage of scripture, where it's at. Now, I like technology, don't get me wrong. I like to be able to go type in a verse and have it come up. I looked up this passage of scripture in just about every known translation to man that I could read in English. I like that. But I love this. Being able to put it in my hands, be able to, to see it sitting on the table. I don't set my coffee cup on it. I don't set other things on top of it. This is God's word. And I'm not trying to sound weird about that. It's just something, if you do, it's okay. I'm not saying I'm better than you. Just hear my heart. I love his word. And I want this thing here. Now, I don't care how it gets in there. If it gets in there from your phone, praise God. 
but I like being able to highlight some things and write some extra notes and, and put some things in there so I can come back to it and, be, and re- be reminded what the Lord was saying when I heard that pastor or heard that minister or heard that person on TV or on the Internet sharing. And I had my Bible open. I took some notes. Amen? All right. So if you have your Bibles, open those bad boys up if they're on your phone. Hit those buttons. Go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Now, our main focus is going to be verse 19, 20, and 21 um, for probably a few weeks. But it's just too good a passage to not start in verse 16 and go to 24. So Paul is writing to the Thessalonians. He's wrapping up his letter. How many of you know, like when you're wrapping up a letter, how many of you ever left a note? Ladies, you've done this for your husband. You're going to be gone for a day, maybe hours. You feel that we, we probably won't be able to survive if you're gone a few hours, so you leave us some notes, some things of importance. And usually as they get towards the end of that, bottom of that list, it gets real important, like feed the dog. Or if you left your kids with us, feed your kid. Like, you follow me? So as this letter's getting to a conclusion, there's some pretty important things that Paul is writing to the Thessalonians. Amen? He says, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now that comes pretty rapid fire because it was given that way. It's in the staccato fashion. Boom, 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 boom. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God of Christ Jesus for you. Some of you are wondering, what is God's will for my life? If you're like me, when I first got saved, I knew... I was so far from God's will, and I was running all over the place, and it wasn't God's will. And then when I finally got saved, I wanted to be in God's will. And I wanted to be, like, smack dab in the middle of it because I'd been outside of it. So I was freaked out, like probably too freaked out about being in God's will. So if you don't know what God's will is for you, it says right here, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And just because I shared that with you, it should be easy. Don't you love scripture? I love passages of scripture that I fully understand. And and it's so clear that even in the Amplified Bible, it says it exactly the same way. How many read the Amplified Bible? That's a three times longer Bible to read. Right? If it was if it was a year to read through the Bible, you're gonna take three years to read the Amplified. There's a lot of extra bonus material, but even in the Amplified Bible, it says exactly the same thing. Rejoice always. I was like, I need some more information because I'm not, like, rejoice always? There, what, what are we talking about here? So I was looking. Nope, doesn't say anything else. I'm like, man, Amplified let me down there. Pray without ceasing. That sounds like always. Continually. No more information. He just said it. Paul just says this stuff. And everything give thanks. I'm like, everything? That's what it says. But what do we do with it? I'm just going to be honest. I can't do that. I don't know anyone who can. You guys are going, Pastor, he just took a left turn. I'm being real. Like, I got a problem with this. Rejoice always. I'm like, I rejoice sometimes. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. What does this mean? I got to go drive up to, like, Highway 88, find me a cave? 
get alone and just pray and never come out and don't ever answer my phone. Don't ever, like, Jenny's like, hey, are you going to eat? Don't talk to me, I'm praying. I'm pretty sure that's not what this is saying. Give thanks for everything. Like, I, I'm sorry, like, that is, I'm going to be real, even realer. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks. See, I had a good friend. I've had family members. I've, had, I've lost people to some messed up circumstances and situations. I'm not going to thank God for that. You need to hear me. I got your attention? I think I got a lot of people's attention right now. Like when I was riding my motorcycle with my best friend, and he didn't get to come home, and I stayed with him. And believe me, I was praying without ceasing. But I wasn't thanking the Lord. I wasn't thankful to the Lord for that circumstance. Because I don't believe Jesus did it. I'm not going to thank the Lord for something he didn't do. You hear me? Now, I can thank the Lord. Here's what I can do. Here's what Paul is saying. In every situation, in every circumstance, there is something to thank the Lord for. I can thank the Lord that this isn't permanent. I can thank the Lord that I'm going to see my buddy again one of these days really soon. I can thank the Lord for that. I can thank the Lord that this life's but a vapor. It's here today and it's gone tomorrow. And next time I see him, I will never not see him again. I can't thank the Lord that that situation happened. Paul's not saying that we got to be some sort of twisted, sick people. Oh, praise God! My child has been murdered. Praise God! That's not what Paul's saying. He's not saying to be a, like, God's not twisted. He's not insensitive. He knows who we are. So he's saying we can rejoice. God, I can rejoice that right now my heart's broken. But God, I can rejoice that I'm going to see my son again. I'm going to see my daughter again. That this isn't the final say. God, I'm going to rejoice in you that I'm not hopeless. God, I can rejoice that you are here for me. That you're a rock that I can lean on. God, I rejoice that you'll never leave me nor forsake me. God, I can rejoice that you know my heart. You know how, how broken inside I am. And you're right here with me. I can rejoice for that. I can continually be in a place of prayer in my heart. God wants us to walk in a place that we're mindful of him all the time. You hear me? That when things come up, we don't just automatically turn and get scared and then go run to, like, how am I going to cope with this and go find a solution. That when something hits the fan, that we turn to him. And we go, God, I'm not understanding this. Lord, help me. Praying without ceasing. You're always in that mind of prayer. That when you see someone in the supermarket or at the grocery store, and they're messed up, and you can hear it, you can turn to them and say, hey, can I pray for you? That your solution is in Christ. That you're turning to them, let me pray for you. That's praying without ceasing. You're always in a heart of, of prayer. Does that make sense? It's not really what my message is about, but it's, it's too good to pass up. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God. I would circle this, these two words right here, in Christ. 
kind of showing you how you're able to do this. Because I can tell you, rejoice at always, I can't do. Praying without ceasing, I'm not able to do that. And everything given thanks, I'm not able to do that. How am I able to do this? And how am I going to be able to do this? In Christ Jesus. That's how. Not in yourself. You will not do this in yourself. It's not possible. God's not asking you to do something that's impossible. He's asking you to get in him. And he's telling you, you're going to need me in you. I need to be in you and you need to be in me. Then you can rejoice. Then you can pray without ceasing. Then you can be thankful in every circumstance. You won't do that apart from him. You're going to have to be in a, in a very close, intimate relationship. Having fellowship. Hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit continuously in your heart. Where you're not grieving him. You're not hushing him. You're not doing exactly opposite of what he's wanting. You're living in relationship with him. And you are eating and feeding and drinking and supping and having communion with him. Does that make sense? Paul's not just throwing stuff out there like, have fun with this one. Oh, this will jack him up for a while. He's in Christ. This is the will of God for you. I believe this is still, we're going to read some things that are still continually God's will for us. The next one is do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. This tells me that the Thessalonican church was doing that. Amen? You know what, you know what I love about the Bible? Is the Bible just tells the truth. It doesn't sugarcoat it. It just tells the truth. And I used to think, man, it'd be cool to be in the Bible. Then I started reading the Bible. I was like, I'm glad I'm not in the Bible. Because it gives all the good, the bad, the ugly. Paul's talking to this church, and I'm very thankful that he writes to the Thessalonians and the Corinthians, which is a jacked-up church. Guess what we are? We're a jacked-up church. We're just like they are. We're imperfect people. And this letter was written to the Thessalonians, and it was. And Paul said, now give it to all the other churches, which means... They were all jacked up too. They were doing some things they shouldn't have been. They were doing some things good. And, and church, hear my heart. You guys are awesome. Like you, we're going into the gifts and teaching on the gifts, and you guys are operating in the gifts. But there's more. And and they were some of the people were mishandling the gifts. And the and here's what I know: people are people are people. Two thousand years ago, people were people. And 2,000 years ago, people started being people with the gifts. So then people started quenching the spirit, saying, oh, no, no, shut that down. Those people are getting a little out of control. They're misusing that. Quench it. And you know what happens today? It's the same thing. Churches, people start operating the gifts. They start mishandling things. They do things wrong. And then the pastors are leaders. And, and I'll pick on pastors because I am one. They get scared of what other, and other people are like, well, I don't know what that's all about, Pastor, and you better put a stop to that, and I don't know. So then they go and stifle it, and they quench it. Quench not. You can't mess that up. Do not quench the Spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Wow, look what he says. Test all things. He actually gave us, the Holy Spirit gave us instruction because he knew we were jacked up. 
you know what you don't have to test? Prophecies in Scripture. I don't have to test one prophecy in Scripture. All the Scripture is 100% accurate and true. If it says that it's going to happen, every single prophecy that was ever written has happened, except for part of Revelation. And guess what? It's happening. Ezekiel prophesied in Ezekiel 38 and 39 about the Gog and Magog war, about countries, countries aligning from Russia and Turkey and Iran. And just in this last week or two, guess what? Putin, the leader of Turkey and Iran, have joined forces, come together in agreement. Just like the Bible said. Now, people get all weird and freaked out about that. I'm like, yes! It is happening just like he said. That means everything else he said is going to happen just like he said. Every other promise in here is yes and amen. His word is true. Like, he was crazy enough to prophesy and tell, like, so I'm going to send my son to this earth, the redeemer of the world, and a virgin is going to conceive and give birth. And people were like, that's a little too weird. I'm just going to say, like, uh, what? Guess what happened? Jesus said, you tear the temple down, in three days I'll rebuild it. What? And he gave all kinds of signs that, like Jonah, follow the pattern, people. Like, what he says is so. His word is perfect. Now, guess what's not perfect? Me. I'm not perfect. We don't throw out teaching because there's goofy teachers. Is teaching a gift? But so for some reason, you can have jacked up teachers and jacked up teachers telling other teachers they're jacked up and that all the other gifts should be quenched. But we still listen to teaching. And you are mature enough with my gift of preaching and teaching that I believe, even though I'm, I believe I'm surrendered to the Lord, I'm still a person. And my feelings and my conjecture and my emotions or whatever happened to me throughout this last week can come across through my preaching. Is that fair? That means I'm a human being. That means you should take every word that proceeds out of my mouth and taste it. Is that good? Is it edifying? Is it encouraging? Is it the truth? And if you find something that's not, you should be mature enough to go, <laughs> not throw the whole thing out. Now, if you've got to spit out more bones and things you can swallow, you bet, why do you want to eat there? If I go to your house and you make me dinner and every other bite I'm spitting out bones, next time you invite me to your house, I say, I'm, I'm good. I already ate. Thank you. Is that real? We should be mature enough, church. This is what Paul's expecting. Test some things. Like, smells good. Tastes good. What do you think? Let's go ahead and eat it. Whew. Good Lord. Like, I don't need to go taste it. I just smelt it. And God has put our eyes, our ears, our noses, our mouths in the body. We don't need to throw out the gifts. We don't need to quench the spirit. Where am I at? Butter Creek today. Hold fast to what is good. It doesn't say this, but it says hold fast to what is good, which would mean throw out what isn't. 
right? I think we're usually pretty good about, oh, I like that. That's good. I don't like that. But don't keep it in your house. Abstain from every form of evil. That's profound. I'm sure this is God's will for us. Now may the God of peace himself, I love this. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you. Do you know what that means? May the God of peace, his very self, make you holy. Then he says completely. And because he knows we're morons, we wouldn't understand what completely means. He has to lay it out there for us. Like completely, your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. You need to get that in you. May the God of peace, not like your grandma, not your mama, not your uncle. No, I've been sanctified. I've been made holy completely by the God of peace. My whole spirit, my whole soul, my whole body. I'm being preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord. At the coming of our Lord gives me the context of what, of who uh, Paul is talking to and for how long. Does that make sense? He qualifies all this at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's closing up the letter. A whole other reason why I preached last week or two weeks ago, why the, the gifts of the Spirit are still for today I covered that pretty well. Guess what? Two people got baptized in the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues since then. Yay. Awesome. Yay, God. Now, listen, this is still for today because he's qualifying it with all of this. He doesn't stop and go, well, this is for now, but later on. No, it's all qualified to be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So I can say in the context of Scripture, you should, should we only rejoice? He says rejoice always, but that's until the apostles and those first century church Christians leave? No, rejoice always. Till when? Oh, to the coming of our Lord. So I'm pretty sure it probably means don't quench the Holy Spirit. Till when? No, to the coming of our Lord. And that's what he says in Corinthians. Why? Because we'll see him face to face then. That which was perfect had a, would have come. And there will be no more need for the gift. I love how the Bible's consistent, don't you? Like, there's consistencies if you read it and you're going, wow, he keeps saying the same thing. Almost like they want us to get it. Almost like he's the spirit of truth. Amen? These verses are in Paul's final instructions to the Thessalonians. From this verse on, from 16 on, all the commands are in plural form, so they apply to the whole church, not just them. The blessings and warnings are till the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So I think it's pretty safe to say that this passage of Scripture is God's will for us. Amen? All right, now let's look at do not quench. Here's what I really want us to, to, to hunker down for a little while. Do not quench the Spirit. This is a pretty bold, strong statement. So we need to know what it means. What does it actually mean? It means stop putting out the Spirit's fire. Paul's telling the Thessalonians, stop putting out the Spirit's fire. Now, this is going to mess with some people's theology. And it should make you scratch your head. Our God is a consuming fire. Is he not? The Holy Spirit, the signs of the Holy Spirit is fire. 
he comes on tongues of fire on the on the apostles when when the day of pentecost he is fire this literally says do not quench the spirit and in the greek it means stop putting out the spirit's fire This will mess with some people. Like, you can't, who do you think you are? You can put out God's fire? Well, I'm not, God's a consuming fire. I can't put God out, but I sure as heck can resist him. Do you think Paul would tell us to do something we, we couldn't do? Do not quench the spirit. Quit putting the spirit's fire out. You know what they were doing? The Thessalonians? They're putting the Spirit's fire out. That tells me it can happen. And I think as we go along, you're going to see we do it quite often. It's scary to think that we can actually do it. To put out the fire of the Spirit of the living God. The Thessalonians have been doing it. Paul wrote to the Corinthians. They had been doing it. And thank God we get the benefit of their teaching. We get the benefit of their mistakes. We get the benefit of um, what's to come. And, and we're going to be going into the, to all of the gifts of the Spirit, teaching them in depth, going through Corinthians. But before we do, I want us to understand that we can quench this stuff. And I don't want us to do it. I don't want to do it. I know we can quench it. We also, I don't know if you're aware of this, we can also grieve the Holy Spirit. We can grieve the Holy Spirit. And how do you do that? Bitterness, wrath, anger, evil speaking, sexually impure lifestyles i don't care what label you want to put on it don't matter we can lie to the holy spirit we can blaspheme the holy spirit we can quench the spirit we can quench the spirit's fire here's what i know about the lord he never forces you he never forces you he never insists that you do it his way. He never insists on your submission. How many have ever been put in a headlock by the Lord and just choked out? No, he has not done it. If, if there was someone that he should have done it to, it would have been me. He wooed me. He loved on me. He called me. He drew me. He didn't give up on me. But there came a point, he said, I'm going to take my hand off of you. He doesn't force people. You can resist the Lord. God doesn't make people serve him. He doesn't make people obey him. He doesn't force people to follow him. We can resist the Holy Spirit, and we can quench the Holy Spirit. But James tells us, Resist the devil. Does he not? But I said this in the first service. I'll say it again. I wasn't planning on it, but here we go. A lot of the church doesn't resist the devil. They resist the Holy Spirit. Very comfortable resisting the Holy Spirit and very comfortable not resisting the devil. Hey, come check this out. I'm going to tell you about so-and-so. Holy Spirit tells you, hey, I'm still going to take it. I'm going to love this lady as much as I need her to. Look at me. Am I 
wrong thing. It says, resist the devil, but we resist the Holy Spirit. Why don't you go pray for that? Why don't you go give a word to that person? They're going to think I'm crazy. What if that ain't right? What if blah, 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 15 reasons why I don't want to do that. Hey, you want to go to the movies with us? Da, da, da. Okay, let's go. The movies ain't wrong, but sometimes you shouldn't watch what's there. Won't have a problem with that. The Holy Spirit's like, yeah, maybe you shouldn't see that. Eh, what do you know? You with me? I don't need to go in anymore. It doesn't really matter what flavor it is. It's just making a statement. Like, the church has gotten really good at resisting the Holy Spirit. Even teaching and, and pushing it out there that we shouldn't listen to the Holy Spirit. And if you do, you're listening to the devil. We're in that day and time that, that Paul was telling Timothy that in the last days people will raise up teachers that will tickle their ears and tell them what they want to hear. At this point, the question that each one of us should be asking is, how do I do that, Lord? How do I quench it? As I started studying this, that was the question on my heart, God, is this. God, please reveal, show me in the areas of my life that I'm quenching your spirit. Because that blows my mind. Like, God, the Holy Spirit comes in our midst. He comes into our lives at a personal level and speaks with us. And he knows everything. He's the creator of the universe. It's like Jesus walked in. How many of you, like, ever since the chosen, my picture of Jesus looks like the dude from the chosen? Just, I like that guy, right? I mean, I used to, I'd pray a lot and just kind of meditate and just picture, like, on whatever I thought Jesus looked like. And now when I do that, I'd like to see him. So if, if he came in, it was like, hey, man, I got a good idea. What do you think about uh, we'll go over and talk with some people? Would you tell, like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you asked me to do that. You might be the devil. I don't know if that's you or not. Am I the only person that's ever had that conversation? You're all looking at me like, this guy's crazy. We wouldn't do that with Jesus, but we, we sure as heck do it a lot with the Holy Spirit. We don't want to do it, amen? So how do we do it? The first word I would write down, if you're taking notes on the back side of that, unbelief. The very first thing, you quench the Holy Spirit when you don't believe in him. You quench the Holy Spirit when he moves and does things you don't believe it's him. Pretty easy. Here's the next one, unjust criticism. In the church, when the Spirit of God is moving. This office is wide open. See, I could speak on these things. I grew up in church. I grew up in a Pentecostal church. And when every time Sister So-and-so gets up and she gives a message, that's quenching the Holy Spirit. I just wish they would shut up already and get on with that service. Why they got to sit there and worship for 20 minutes? We already did three songs. How many times you got to say Jesus is Lord? Good Lord, we already know Jesus is Lord. Why is it got to be so loud? Good gosh. 
Quench not the Holy Spirit. I'm not agreeing you got to have your ears bleeding, but good God, if God's moving in the midst of it, shut up and enjoy the ride. It might not be your flavor. It may not be your style. It may not. If the Holy Spirit is moving and people are getting saved and free and baptized in the Holy Spirit, dip your lip and praise God. If you can't come up alongside and operate in the gifts that God's given you in that atmosphere, you need to be careful what you're speaking. I don't want to be the one responsible for quenching what the Holy Spirit's trying to do. And that's a good way to do it. You start getting people afraid to step out in the gifting that's God given because, well, I don't like how they do that. You don't have to like it. I'll tell you right now, find a church where you do like it. Is it getting real? I want God to move freely in this body. And I want it to be an educated people that understand what his word says about how he moves. And I don't want to quench what he's doing. And I will tell someone. I had... could be a witch sit there on that front row and I'm going to preach. You ain't going to mess up what we're doing. But I'm going to tell you what, if you don't want to get saved, witch, you can go cast your spell somewhere else. Is that plain enough? If you ain't going to get in and get in what God's wanting to do and you're wanting to resist it and control free in worship, bro. We're cool with this. Not so much with this. Everyone shows up with a personal sidearm. Don't worry, Pastor, I got this one. <laughs> Handing out fire extinguishers when you come in the door, just in case the Spirit of God gets loose. putting out some spirit fire. You're not helping anybody. It's not your person. God hasn't called you to be a fire extinguisher. That's not your gift, Nick. I have the gift of a wet blanket. <laughs> Everywhere I go, when people get excited, I extinguish them. Because that's not of the Lord. You need to find a new gift, Nick. That ain't of the Lord. The word quench, I just want you to hear what the word means. It's to suppress, extinguish, dampen, put out the flame or fire of the Holy Spirit. Church, we, we need to quit being afraid of the Holy Spirit. I don't, I don't understand. It's so weird. How, why is the church afraid of the Holy Spirit? It just, it just trips me out. Like, we're, oh, I don't know. You, had, you know, we need to just. What? I, oh, I want to. Hmm. 
nothing to be afraid of the Holy Spirit. Nothing to be afraid of the Holy Spirit. Now, there's some whacked out crazy people out there you could be afraid of. Now, I'm not saying that. The summer you may be going, Pastor, not everything people, I'm with you. Not everything everyone says is the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit. We're going to get there. We're going to test all things. I'm going to teach that. We're going to. But I'm talking about what the Holy Spirit's doing. And it may not be what he's done with you. Yet. And that's okay. You know what I know? Jesus said, you know a tree by its fruit. If someone's doing something that's off, guess what it's going to do? It's going to bear witness what it is. I ain't got to worry about it reproducing. I ain't got to worry about it. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to come along some, if they're in the right spirit. Let me, ha- let me tell you this. I gave a word to someone a couple of weeks ago. I'm not above understanding that I'm fallible. I called them two days later and said, hey, I just want to make sure. Did that bear witness with you? Did you receive that? Was that from the Lord? Did that? We need to be humble enough to understand that, you know what? I'm fallible. I can make a mistake. So if if you get off on some weird thing, I'm not going to, I could come alongside of you and say, hey, sis, or hey, bro, you okay? Everything all right? Everything okay? Lovingly. Now, if you keep constantly, like like this gong show, gong, or this clanging cymbal that just, every, what the heck was that? Like, and we're going to, you might have to say, hey, bro, like, leave the symbol at home. I love you. There's a spot for you. Don't hit that symbol no more. Is that fair? That is not your gift. Like, the symbols, but you, we just don't put everyone up there on the drums. We just don't put everyone up there to sing. So, does that make sense? Like, there's a way to conduct ourselves. There's, there's a way to handle things. It doesn't mean we, oh my gosh, that person played the wrong note. No drums ever again. No more music. No more singers. They sing off. But why do we do that with the gifts? They're gifts. They're beautiful gifts from the Spirit of God. also shouldn't become mechanical. I'm using these words specifically and purposeful. We shouldn't become mechanical or mathematical with our worship. I've watched (laughs) I've watched I've watched all kinds of stuff growing up. I watched churches like it's like they're going to conduct this this sometimes the machine is set like well we can't do that because the program's already been set like the gears are turning and all this other stuff's happening and the conveyor belt's going that way. We can't, we can't stop this machine. We can't let the Holy Snow, it can't, what? Pull the stop lever? The worship service isn't supposed to be mechanical. It's also not supposed to be mathematical where we all get around and we like, okay, well, I think we sh- if we do this one song here, and then we add this other little mix of like a hallelujah from sister so-and-so. And then we'll get um, this brother to come over. And we're going to formulate and put together this sermon and this service. And, and the Holy Spirit then is going to do his thing. 
not your dog. You don't lead him around. Sit, Ubu, sit. Oh, come out and play now. He ain't your dog. He's the spirit of the living God. We go like, welcome. What would you like to do today? How may I serve you? Would you like to speak? Wait, wait, wait. Time's up. Sorry. Go away. You didn't jump when I said jump. Too late. Those awkward silences in church can get weird, huh? It ain't God's fault. silence. We're waiting on the presence of the Lord. Lord, what do you want to do? Like we don't have to just grab another beer. We can wait for the Lord. And that also doesn't mean I need to fill that space. Oh, there's, there's a moment I can do my thing. Is the Holy Spirit telling you to do of the right spirit if someone comes alongside of you and you're using a gift and someone in leadership or your pastor or someone that loves you says you know I think maybe this week this next week if the Lord really wants you to do that just just wait because if he really wants that done he'll have someone else do it and if you have the right heart you'd say okay I submit to that I can't believe these people. I am gifted by God, and they don't respect my gift. I'm out of here. Forget that church. I'll never go back there. Got to check what spirit that's of. Because I'm your pastor, and I will submit myself. Was that word from the Lord? Did that edify you? Was did that? I don't think I always have it. Does that make sense? We're to submit ourselves one to another. We don't have superheroes up in here. There's one superhero. His name's Jesus. And the rest of us all fall short. There needs to be freedom and room from the Holy Spirit to lead. He should always be allowed to trump our plan. Listen to me, church. I'm not saying that we don't like as a, as a staff and as like I don't have a plan. Sometimes it might not look like it. <laughs> we do have a plan. Like we want to worship the Lord. We want to like I think this is when we'll do that. But it's it's submitted to Him. It's submitted to the Lord, and He can do what He wants with it. Does that make sense? It's not saying just like don't have a plan. I think we should honor the Lord enough to have a plan. You need to honor him enough to say, like, you're in charge. Amen? How else do we grieve and quench the spirit? Well, to not have reverence and proper respect. 
or the presence of the Lord. This is something that you guys will notice when you come in. There's a certain atmosphere we want to try to create. We want to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Some people didn't understand when we first got the lighting and stuff. I want to set the lights in a way during worship that it's intimate. It's not just super bright. And they're like, well, what's that like? I said, well, I just want to create an atmosphere that it's... Now hear me. If the lights are low or they're bright, it ain't going to stop the Holy Spirit. But I just feel like... in. There's an intimacy when the lights are kind of dim. Amen? Like, I, I, good things usually happen when the lights are kind of dim. You know what I'm saying? That's a good environment. Good things can happen when I'm in the presence of the Lord. And we set that environment. And I purp- I'm purposeful about, I'm going to put on this, I'm going to light this candle. I'm going to put on, I'm going to put on some good looking clothes, man. <laughs> Hear me, I'm not talking about what you're wearing. I'm just saying like, there's a, there's a, you're coming into the presence of the king, right? Like, I want to make sure things are in a way that he's responsive. So we can quench the spirit of God if you're just like, hey, Joe, where do you want to eat after church? Well, I don't know. And we're all worshiping and like, I'm preaching. You think that's going to be a healthy atmosphere to conduct the presence of the Lord? a reverence and a respect to the Lord. To give room. You also respect and reverence the Lord by giving Him room and time when the Holy Spirit's moving. Amen? I've seen it. I I guarantee you all have. There's been many, many times where you'll be in a service, you'll be in something, the Holy Spirit's really moving, and it's just like, wait, we got to get into our next program. we got to get to this thing. we got to get to that thing. And you're just like, oh, I was think I'm kidding like I remember on my face one time praying in a church just it was a prayer night I was just on my face praying and all of a sudden as I'm praying I'm starting to realize like like, the sounds on the earth down low were getting distant and my eyes were closed I'm in the spirit just praying and then it registers in my senses of like whoa and I like opened my eyes real quick and it was like you and I was like dang it dang it dang it Right? You're like, oh, I messed up. Like, should have just kept my eyes closed, and who knows what would have happened. Like, or you're praising the Lord and just having this glorious time, and someone comes up, and they're all, hey, Sid. What's up? Love you. That's super cool. I actually told him, look, I was just in the presence of the Lord. I'm praising. I told the first service, just worshiping in, in just having this time with the Lord. And pastor, 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 what's up? I said, I had a bulletin back there. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Jesus. I guess we'll get back to you later. <laughs> you guys feeling me? Like there's a, there's ways we can quench the spirit. There's, there's things that we can do. We need to be sensitive. Like I've, I've tried to preach sometimes, and it, it's, it's, it's challenging when you're trying to preach. And you'll have, like, if, hear me, if you have kids and babies, like, I got three of them, and they all grew up in church, and they weren't all perfect little angels. Like, a kid fussing here and there ain't a big deal. But when your kid is, like, screaming at the top of their lungs, 
for like a long period of time, and everyone in the whole church is going like, what the heck? And the minister is trying to minister, and he's anointed by God? You're quenching the spirit. Oh, that made some folks super happy just right there. <laughs> when you're taking your beautiful kid, I've watched, I can't preach over some of these kids. And you're on the second row, rowing your kid. On the second row. And everyone's going, oh my gosh, look at that cute kid. Oh my gosh, look at that cute kid. And I'm trying to preach, and I'm going, oh my gosh, look at that. What was that? I have no idea. Is that getting real? I'm saying it because there's more. There's a, and I hear my heart. God knows our hearts. Some of that's because there's some insecurities. There's attention that's wanting to be got. Sometimes it's just ignorance. That's okay. It's not okay when it's for attention. <laughs> that was really good, wasn't it? Jeez. The church has been really, really challenged in this. the misuses of this. That's what needs to happen. Leave the Holy Spirit hot. Right? Like, if you had, like we had a hot stove in our house. I, had a, I grew up and I grew up with wood stove. We had a wood stove in our house. And we had three kids. And I taught my kids that the wood stove was hot. I would take them over. I'd walk them over to that wood stove. I'd get that stove cooking. I'd take their little hand, and I'd get it close. I wouldn't touch the window, but I'd get it close. And I kept saying as they go, hot, hot, it'll burn you, hot. I'd take them over there, and they'd get close, and they're to the point where they're trying to pull back. That's what I'm waiting for. I want to see you pull back. And then they say, hot, burn you. Yeah, hot, burn you. Guess what? We didn't have to put fences up around the, the – didn't have to protect people. Because it was hot. So this kind of stuff that we're doing is kind of like that. It's not super fun, but church, we've got to do, we've got to have good solid teaching of how to conduct ourselves in the presence of the Lord. And we've got to do that before we start teaching you how to use all the gifts. Like, let's learn how to present ourselves, conduct ourselves. Amen? Is that making sense? Because I'm not throwing the gifts out. I'm not going to be the guy with the fire extinguisher. I'm the guy with the gasoline. <laughs> I like fire. Like, I am not ashamed. Like, I like fire. I especially like the fire of the Holy Ghost. And, like, I like it. So don't be, dude, you bring a fire extinguisher up in here, you're going to go. Do not bring that fire extinguisher. Like, you should be bringing cups of gasoline. Like, you see someone on fire, you don't throw a wet blanket, you throw gas on them. Like, watch this. Now they're burning. I'm going to jump on them and get burnt too. What happens if we're all on fire at the same time? 
must be afraid of that. Yeah, you're going to look weird. Jesus said you would. He said you're going to look peculiar. I think I said it right. I have a hard time with that word sometimes. It's going to be strange. You're going to look strange compared to the rest of the world. Yeah. You're supposed to. When everyone else is freaked out about whatever the next last greatest pandemic, fire, whatever, and you're like, woo! Jesus is good. You just come out of church and you're like, yeah! And you go to the gas station and everyone else is, I can't believe this is $9 a gallon for gas! And you're like, I thank God I got some gas. Thank God I got a car. Like, it beats walking. And out of you people like horses, it beats horses. Good Lord. I like the riding, but I like other people's horses. One thing I can tell you with the Holy Spirit, and I can tell you, and church, this is what I want you to understand. When people are operating, and, and listen, people can use God-given gifts wrongly. You can do it in error. You could, you could do it partial. Like, you could do it partially right, partially wrong. Like, it can happen, and you can do that. But here's what I, like, I'll guarantee you it's in the wrong spirit. I, I don't have to, I don't have to be genius about this. It's very simple to me. When you are using your gift and you're glorifying yourself while you're using your gift, you're not of the Holy Spirit. That's the wrong spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't even glorify himself. He's always glorifying Christ. So if your gifting is self-glorifying you, you're using it wrong. You need to hear me. Like, and I've, believe me, I've seen certain ones, they just needed some attention, and good Lord, they're going to get up, and they're going to do their thing, and then you're like, they did their thing, but I didn't get edified or glorified, or there was nothing good happening, they did, they got glorified, they got to be seen as someone that had a gift, they blew their trumpet, they hit the cymbal, everyone heard it. you're using the gifts of the Spirit, they're going to edify Christ. They're going to glorify Christ. They're not going to glorify yourself. And he's not a machine either. He's not mechanical. I've been in a church. I remember I was in Teen Challenge, and I'd only been to this church like three times. The fourth time I was there, I told the guy sitting next to me. After the second song, I had listened to the second song. I'd seen the program. The lady would get up, give a word. She'd give a message in tongues and then interpret herself. And then what it basically had to do with whatever the second song was about. So I told the guy next to me, I'm like, after the second song, you're gonna, this lady's going give to give a message in tongues. She's going to interpret it. This is going to be a different message. Ding, ding. La, 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 la. He goes like this. 
said that wasn't a prophetic gift. I was busy. I didn't have time. That's mechanical. That's someone you go, sweetie, God bless you. I love you. But if the Lord wants to say something next Sunday, that's the one I'm saying. to go. That just means say the prayer. And I tell you what, if you get up and mad and you're offended, it just you just guarantee that you're in the wrong spirit. If you're the right spirit, you're going to say, oh, I'm so sorry. Was that maybe that wasn't what the Lord maybe. Can we, can we get together? And I'm going to get into deeper as we get into test of spirit. I'm going to get into more of that. But I just I'm talking about the, the heart and, and how we can quench. And you can quench by jumping up and Sounds cool. Am I being real? The Holy Spirit's not an attention getter. because we're screaming at the top of our lungs and it's super fast doesn't always mean it's the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it's a real small voice. Some things are just learned. People are always going to be people. They watch people. They were raised by people. They're in a church and they always did this, this. Instead, oh yeah, and if <laughs> thus saith the Lord, because you say, thus saith the Lord, doesn't mean thus saith the Lord. You should say, I feel like, I sense the Lord, I believe the Lord would say. Because just because you say, thus saith the Lord, you need to be careful with thus saith the Lord. Because if thus the Lord didn't thus saith, you're blaspheming. You're using his name in vain. Does that make sense? Like, GD is not using the name Lord's name in vain. I mean, I wouldn't do that. It's not good. But when you're saying the Lord said this and this and this, and the Lord did this, and this is what the Lord's doing, and the Lord didn't say that, and the Lord didn't do that, that's using his name in vain. Be real careful what you put the Lord in and on or out of. That can't be the Lord. That's not the Lord. Well, I grew up hearing a ton of that, too. That ain't the Lord. Why? Well, because the beat wasn't the Lord yet. For real? They're not of the Lord. Well, why? Well, because their skirt doesn't go to their ankle. They're not of the Lord. Well, why? Because they got makeup on. Whore of Babylon. Is that real? I'm speaking truth. I heard the Lord said one time, it was, I'm not going to say who said it, a person was talking about how these different people weren't of the Lord. And I heard the voice of the Lord so clear say, how would you like if your kids were called Catholic? Oh, it grieved me. And then I was, I was like, oh, how dare someone say that about my kids? 
that's what you're saying. They're not of the Lord. They're not. That's not from the Lord. That's not of the Lord. Uh, you need to be careful with that. Tell you what, you tell me my kids are from someone else, we're going to have a problem. Spirit's a fire and a dove. He's both. He's rocky. He's water. He's wind. He's but he come as a dove and rested on us. And I don't know if you ever snuck up on a dove. You don't. You just kind of sneak. If you're going and being acting like a fool, the dove is gone. You might have to get still and quiet again before you show back up. And hear me. I'm not saying that we can't be excited. That, that the Holy Spirit can't do what He wants to do, and someone might get just rambunctious. Yeah, He can. But I've also watched a lot of people, you can stomp and scream and yell and shout and war hoop and Indian war cries, and all you want didn't mean Jesus was in it. And good Lord, the church would scare you half to death. I remember church, good Lord, this girl would show up, and every time she showed up, you have to be like, ready. She would just let out this war scream like, someone got massacred you'd be like oh my gosh what was that oh I can't help it it's just the Lord uh, you can't help it stop you scared me to death it's might as well <laughs> I just look When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, he elevates you. When God comes on you, there's an elevation. I've seen and heard, and God doesn't, I'm telling you, the Holy, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you're not going to start barking like a dog. Some of you are laughing because you know it. people are saying that. Oinking like a pig. Well, for one, those are unclean animals. Jesus said, don't cast your pearls before, don't give what's holy to. When the Holy Spirit came on me, he elevated my language. I began to speak in a heavenly language. He's not going to bring you down to a dirty animal. I was that before I got saved. I was a dirty dog. He brought me out of that dog state. He brought me out of the mud state. He established me on a rock. Some of you are going to be like, I don't know, you need to be careful. I don't need to be careful with that. God ain't come, they ain't, just because people manifest in the Holy Spirit or when the Holy Spirit's moving doesn't mean it's the Holy Spirit that's motivating them and manifesting in them. Sometimes in the presence of the Lord, demonic things manifest. And we have been given discernment and the discerning of spirits and wisdom to be able to know that. And that doesn't mean you need to go, that's a demonic manifestation! But you need to come alongside lovingly afterwards and go, so, what was that? I guess what I'm wanting to say is I want everything the Holy Spirit wants to do here. I want all the gifts. I want the Word to function. 
but I don't want people acting foolish and doing things in their own abilities and their own desires and, and just doing things to do them so we can look like we had a crazy good service. I don't want that. Like I remember putting on a night of worship one time and the very first one we ever did, um, actually, Noreen, you said this. You said, I go, what do you think? She, she said, well, it was really good. I would just, I would kind of wish there was a few more words that were given. And I was like, well, I thought it was super awesome that there wasn't a bunch of words given. And you remember, she's like, what? I go, no one felt like they had to make anything up. I believe I'm great if there was 20 words. If the Lord wants to do that. I just want him to show up. And do what he wants to do. Amen? So we don't want to quench the spirit up in here. Amen? We're not going to despise prophecy. We're going to look at that next week. How, how many have been blessed by the prophetic? How many people have had people prophesy over you and you were like, but God. <laughs> You're like, I don't know what that was. <laughs> God bless you. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to pray on that, sleep on that, maybe see a psychiatrist. <laughs> I don't know what that was. That doesn't mean I don't want to hear prophetic words. I've, this church, you guys have done such. I just I want to give you just a attaboy. You guys have done such a really good job, and Pastor Jay did a good job of, of uh, teaching how to use your gifting, and especially the prophetic, but there's more. And you guys have done a good job with, with prophetic and praying for people and giving people words, and, and uh, I know there's many people that's been blessed, and and I hope you hear my heart. Like, I'm not going to come and slap anyone around and be like, hey, what the heck are you doing if you mess up? Because guess what? I mess up. I don't always hear right. Like, there's no difference of when I'm ministering that, like, some of this that just came out, was that just part of me? And you know, my personality and my upbringing and all that had a part to do with it? Yeah, it did. Now, if this isn't true, and you're chewing on bones constantly, and you're like, man, I can't get over it. Like, this guy's saying all this other stuff. Then, then you need to find someone that's closer to the truth. Does that make sense? All right. Well, it has been fun. I have enjoyed being with you guys. It's been an awesome time worshiping the Lord. Um, I do want to, as I'm closing up, if you haven't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you're still pursuing. Um, the Bible says, and Jesus said to ask, and in the Greek text it said, keep on asking. Knock, keep on knocking. Seek, keep on seeking. And if you keep asking, guess what? He'll answer. You keep knocking that door, it'll be opened up. So if there's anyone else that you've been praying, I just encourage you, and you don't have to come forward. If you want me to come lay hands on you, I'll lay hands on you, and, and it happens that way. Sometimes it happens as you're riding your elliptical. Sometimes it happens as you're driving your car. Sometimes it happens as you're vacuuming. And you're just, sometimes it happens you're just praising the Lord. But I would encourage you, continue to seek. Don't give up. Don't stop. Amen? If you have any other needs that you need prayer for, I'd love to pray with you after service. Lord, thank you for your word. You are why we're here. We love your word.
And Lord, I thank you, God, that, that we have been given the ability to rejoice always because you're so awesome. Lord, that we have the ability, we can pray. We don't have to schedule our prayer time with you. You're always there. We can pray continually. I thank you, Lord, in every circumstance, Lord, that we can have a thankful heart. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you have poured out your spirit. Thank you for pouring it out. Thank you for coming in our midst. Lord, teach us to, to steward your moves very well. To be sensitive to your leadings and to your emphasis. Lord, thank you for making us holy. Completely. <laughs> Sanctifying us. physical body, our spirit, made holy. Thank you. We love you, Jesus. All those who agree, amen.